Hello, and welcome to Octet, a podcast about sound in video games. I'm Noel. I'm Nathan. And today we're talking about Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Zelda. What a, what a way Zelda. to start. What a, what a time it's to be starting, right? Zelda, it's finally, game, yeah. It's finally here. We waited six years to start doing this podcast. We were waiting for a Zelda game. <laughs> we're waiting for a new Zelda game to come out before we did a podcast. Because Zelda has some of the best music in games, I'd say. Yeah, I think... Okay, so I'm just I'm going to jump right in. I feel like there's... In my head... Let me know if you agree with this. I feel like as soon as we had, like, big console, you know, 3D Zelda games, I guess, Ocarina of Time onward, in my head, like, the mainline Zelda games are kind of only the, the main, like, non-mobile Zelda games. I don't know if that's fair. Do you do you agree with this, or do you think like we one has to keep including the mobile games as also like mainline Zelda games canonically? It's funny because someone just asked. So someone who's never played a Zelda before, um, or really knew much about it, asked me a couple of days ago because they had been seeing Tears of the Kingdom on social media and everything. Oh yeah, what a, what like, a social media game! Sorry, I know I'm, I'm right. Yeah, it's of, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. made like multiple Instagram posts about just like the dumb shit that's going on. Right. But um, but they asked me like what like how many Zelda games are there? Because I think they were thinking like maybe I'll play through them or maybe I'll kind of you know see what where it makes sense to start. Mm-hmm. And in my head, as I was like numbering them, I kind of instinctively skipped a lot of the handheld ones. And I've played almost all of the, oh, I think, yeah, most of the handheld ones. Um, yeah. And some of the handheld ones are very good. But, like, it was kind of telling that as I was going through it, I kind of did, like, like you know, I mean, I started with, like, the original, like, Legend of Zelda, okay, there's Zelda 2, Link to the Past, Ocarina, Majora's Mask, and I went to, like, Wind Waker, and I didn't, like, mm-hmm. and I, I jumped to, like, Twilight Princess, I jumped to Skyward Sword, and I skipped, like, Minish Cap, and I skipped Phantom Hourglass. I skipped a few of the handheld ones. Um, yeah. But a lot of people do consider, like, Minish Cap to be, like, one of the best. And Link to the... Well, yeah. And, like, Link Between Worlds, which was the 3DS one, is widely regarded as one of the best as well. Um, so uh, there is definitely, like, a... There, there is a difference between them, I think, and just how, like, not everyone who has plays like Nintendo games is always going to have the Nintendo like handheld. So I think those might not have had quite the, the reach maybe that the others did. Though I think they all still sold well. Um, but in my head, like, like you, I do kind of, I, yeah. I do kind of separate them. Yeah. Like sure. from Ocarina onward, it feels like the, you know, like the Wii and the like N64, I don't know, like the 3d console ones are like the main ones for better or worse man maybe because like they i don't know were just the the thing like that was being advertised and what people were talking about and or maybe it's just like personal like that's what i was playing i've never been like a huge mobile gamer so maybe that's it's just me but yeah they do i'd say with the exception well it's kind of i feel like the two ds ones that came out felt a little they felt a little supplemental to Wind Waker. They kind of used the same mm-hmm. art style, sort of. They weren't like they didn't feel like as big of an event. Like Minish Cap, I think felt a little more. Use the art style. I will say Link Between Worlds, the 3DS one, was actually like pretty pretty great. I think that's just maybe because it had been a while, and also it kind of was doing its own thing, and like like kind of it innovated in some way. Also had a very good score. Um, and it actually kind of played with like the open world thing before Breath of the Wild did. So that's Ooh. kind of its own like can of worms there. But there's, yeah, definitely a bit of a difference there. I will say that the music and all of them, though, 
pretty good. Like even even the handhelds. I would yeah, say. yeah. So I, I feel like like I guess I guess I guess if we can accept that like we're gonna focus on those that you and I kind of think about as mainline ones. In mm-hmm. my head, at least, I feel like from Ocarina onward, there was this kind of kind of um, dichotomy where it'd be like there'd be one game that was the first one in a console generation that was kind of like the Zelda e Zelda, and then one of them where they were doing something weird, right? Like Ocarina just I don't know felt like a very Zelda esque Zelda game, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. You're going to do anything, but then like Majora's Mask is funky, you know, like it's a weird game. It's creepy. There's like, you know, it's just like stylistically, musically, it's just weird. It's like much more dissonant and dark, but it's still um, very like romantic era in its score, I think, but it's still weird. And then I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of repeated with like Wind Waker and then Twilight Princess, right? Like Wind Waker mm-hmm. is a Zelda e Zelda game. And then Twilight Princess is like, this is kind of weird. Um, I didn't really play Skyward Sword, so I don't know how that fits into the mix. But I also don't feel like people talk about Skyward Sword much, so I don't know. Is Skyward do people like Skyward Sword? People are Skyward Sword is probably the most divisive. I'd say 3D one since Ocarina. The remake they release or the re-release, I guess remaster they did for the Switch a little while back, I think improved some of the perception of it. Mm-hmm. But all like the motion controls kind of bogged them down. And I'm realizing, should we maybe just give a brief description of what Zelda is? Maybe that would be helpful. Yeah. Like- <laughs> give me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 I think I think you are more of a Zelda person than me. I'm like on the I periphery. I played almost all of so them. So give yeah, let's you take it away. Yeah, so Zelda um, is a fairly long-running Nintendo franchise, almost as long-running as Mario, probably kind of their second kind of main series, I'd say, after Mario, the one they advertise heavily, the one that sells quite well. Um, And they are kind of like the quintessential adventure game, I guess is what I would call them. Um, In, I think, all of them, with some exception, maybe some spinoffs, you play as Link, who's typically wearing some green stuff. He has a pointy hat um, and a sword and a shield. And you go off on a quest typically to find some artifact or collectible or pieces of some, you know, magical object that allow you to go rescue the princess Zelda. Um, And you fight monsters and clear dungeons and get new items and solve puzzles and get stronger and then go defeat like the big bad and almost every single one of them. They've got a good mix of like combat and exploration and puzzle solving, and um, they're they're generally quite highly regarded. Maybe <laughs> maybe with the exception of Skyward Sword, even though I think perception of that one has improved since uh, that re-release of it came out. Um, and they, as you mentioned with Ocarina, they kind of made a big shift into 3D. And it the every game after Ocarina, at least on a console, kind of followed the same sort of general formula of kind of questing, adventuring, doing temples or dungeons, getting stronger, getting a series of new items with increasingly complex puzzles until you kind of have a full, you're fully equipped, you're fully ready to go and you go defeat the big bad and save the princess or save the kingdom or whatever. Um, in Breath of the Wild, which came out um, in 2017, 2016? Yeah, 2017. I just looked it up earlier because I can't find my cartridge now. I was trying to figure out where it would have gone. So I was like, (laughs) who did I live with at the time? Did I lend it to somebody and lose it? Anyway, 
That's an aside. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 2017, yeah, yeah. Breath of the Wild comes out. <laughs> Just moving right along. Yeah. Breath of the Wild comes out 2017 um, and sort of shifts the gameplay in a way it hadn't been, at least to that degree before. Um, and shifts the game to being much more open world, much more kind of free form. You're not really getting new items as you are progressing through the game. They kind of give them to you up front and you are kind of free to explore the different parts of the map, do whatever, and you technically have your ability to go in and try to like take on the big bad from the very beginning, but the game heavily urges you to kind of go out and, you know, explore the world get stronger and then go take him on after yeah. you have you know done done more of that leveled up a little bit in skill and items and and all that. and knowledge and, uh, yeah, just understanding how the game works because i do feel like it's a bit of a misnomer to be like it is the first was the first open world game because like ocarina and stuff is it like you can run around like there's big open sprawling maps but it is still it's it's more metroid like it's like oh i've got you know the hook shot now so i can like get up on this lip i couldn't get on before and go to the next dungeon so you got to beat the previous dungeon to get the item that lets you get into the next dungeon and that is is the departure that that kind of happened here um but not only that there's also i feel just like I think the reason that people break them up in their heads so much is that, but it's also just very, like, tonally different in how the game feels. Um, and, like, all kinds of stuff. Again, like, art direction is not is not crazy different, but I do think sound, like, the sound design, the score, are very different in how they feel. Because I feel, historically, the, the all of the Zelda games are very, like, romantic-inspired uh, scores like Koji Kondo scores like they're very melodic they're very catchy it's like you hear the Zelda songs it's like that's you know that's a Zelda song like the fairy fountain song or the you know Hyrule field theme any of those it's like oh yeah Zelda song some of the most iconic songs ever but then we like there's little there's little references and callback calls callbacks to those in Breath of the Wild but just like it's not these big sweeping orchestral themes every time you run into the main field area. Like it's very, it's very sparse and um, more uh, impressionist. I would say there's like more of a focus on like the instruments that are being used feel very different in different areas versus kind of like a common you know instrument set that's that's used throughout. Um, and there's all kinds of interesting technical stuff that's also going on under the hood. I don't know if you like have 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 dove into this much like do you do you know kind of how the sound engine worked uh in novel ways in breath of the wild i do not tell me yeah so uh like um when you go or when one when one would go into like the um field the main open area the i think i think it's called like the field theme uh you like the it's not a consistent song that always plays there's consistent notes and bits of it, and it's generally they're played in the same order, but there's some kind of randomness that happens, um, which I, I remembered from playing it. I was kind of like, oh, this isn't, there's no, there's no just like piece that is the score, and it's not even like one of seven. It's like, you know, dynamically put together. Um, and I didn't know, and that, that was kind of the extent of my knowledge before. And then in my research prepping for this, I was doing some, uh, you know, like parsing, looking around YouTube. I found this video by Scruffy. Uh, 
who will uh, we'll link the video in the show notes, but he does a really good breakdown. He did more research than I did, and he uh, talks about how the like bass line and the treble line of the piano, like it's basically all piano on these field themes and stuff. Um, they are both randomly generated separately from each other. So like you get the the melodic notes and the little trills happening at different times in the bass notes and like combining in weird ways. Um, yeah, so it's all just like very organic and it really is just like that more kind of going for a vibe more than like here is the theme of the field which i think makes it feel a little less like adventure and questy and a little more just like you're in this sandbox kind of exploring um and i think yeah. that that lends that lends to that feeling that this is a mental departure from the zelda games of old uh, yeah i'd agree yeah. so i think if i had to des- if i had to describe like the musical profile of zelda up until breath of the wild especially like ocarina on but even like from the first i guess yeah i would say they are very adventurous like oh, for sure. every like every every like field theme or every like whenever you get to the you know it gets in wind waker to the ocean but wherever you are in like the open area and you're on your way to a you know new town or an island or wherever you're headed the yeah. music feels very like yeah it's a very uplifting it's very yeah. like you're about you're to setting go out do on a quest cool. or like here we yeah. go and it, yeah yeah and every time you get back out there it's gonna do the same thing mm-hmm. and you get to like you get to the village and it has a very like iconic theme that is like very you know tied to you know, uh, it'll sound, it'll fit kind of the theme of the, the place you're in and it'll be like very recognizable, very melodic, like you said. Um, and yeah, with Breath of the Wild, it definitely, yeah, it, it's much sparser. It's much more organic. It definitely, there are, there are still themes that play in villages mm-hmm. and the in villages like dungeons yep. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but even those are like, I'd say fairly more like they're more consistent across each other. They don't feel maybe quite as distinct. The, like you say, the, the field theme is, you know, like that kind of piano that's just kind of doing its own thing and like both yeah. sides. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely feels, it, it definitely fits the vibe of Breath of the Wild, which is kind of this, you know, you are going on an adventure, but you're adventuring in this kind of like, like, you know this world that has been through like a calamity and is now kind of it's like little settlements all over the place and it's not like a kingdom that's doing super hot right now <laughs> it's like um yeah yeah it kind of has a, like the, the glory days are past kind of thing like you're 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 in mm-hmm. ruins like it feels kind of like you're you're uncovering the past more than like going and doing your own thing um mm-hmm. but it does also yeah. it like you said, so it's or so it's cool that they do like organic things with the music in that game because like the whole premise of that game is very much more like of an organic kind of create your own experience than the very linear ones that came before, and it's cool that the music incorporates that sort of feeling. Yeah. But they do still have like cool moments and callbacks that are very reminiscent of old Zelda. Like so, the field theme is actually a very good example of this. Um, and I don't know if you recall this or if the video you watched got into this, but when you are like horseback riding in the field in Breath of the Wild and the piano notes are playing, kind of doing their own thing, um, like it's a very like staccato-y, um, yep. kind of like high registered like, yeah. piano piece that's no. just playing. Yep. And as you are moving, the, I think it's Zelda's lullaby, starts to play 
underneath of it on violin. Mm, cool. As you are moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it only ha it doesn't always happen. I think you have to be maybe riding your horse for long enough, or like I don't know, maybe fast enough. I don't remember the exact criteria for what happens, but like there'll be little moments like that where they do kind of bring in some of that same feel, and it's it's kind of haunting in that case because it's just like this echo of like one like kind of violin just playing this like lullaby sound as you're traversing over this very desolate kind of open <laughs> like barren field, and it's a uh, it fits the theme of the game really well, but. It's it's just another example of they, they very much switched up the vibe for um, Breath of the Wild compared to what came before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like it's it's not and it's not it's not just the field theme, like even the, the combat music I remember is all very is very responsive. Like um, the percussion isn't really there. Like it, it it hits after you would like attack or get attacked. I don't I guess I don't remember everything that would trigger it. But like when you strike, then like in the next logical place for a percussive, you know, like beat to fall, it like one comes in depending on the way in which you attacked. Like it's just which is just so bizarre. It's just like there's no I mean, not not totally unique for games. There's other games that do this, but again, like from the Zelda games, the old like the prior games, that is just not like it was like no the 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 music is these pieces they are meant to sound away, and this one is just mm -hmm. yeah it's just like no even the the percussion is just going to be totally responsive to whatever the player is doing. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. They've flirted with that a little bit in the past. I know with like if I, I I'm. I will have to go back and watch this to be sure. But if I recall correctly, even like in Wind Waker, there were like in certain combat, if you were to like do a like a certain move or a certain dodge, like a little flourish would play like as you were like fighting certain enemies and things. But oh, cool. it definitely was not quite the extent, I think, of Breath of the Wild, where it's like it just feels so dynamic, like all the all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and just and, and and again, like the the instruments that are playing during combat are like vastly different than the ones that are in the field thing, which is is cool. Like it, it's like oh, I'm I'm fighting now, but it just does it in a very different way than than the prior games. Um, how about? I guess yeah, we could we could transition to talking about the new one, but I think before we do that, we should talk about just like sound design a little bit as well beyond mm -hmm. just music, because I feel like that's another thing. That we could talk about, like through the history of Zelda, has always had like very opinionated sound design. Like I remember even Ocarina of Time, like the sound of Link's footsteps running on dirt in Ocarina of Time are forever ingrained in my brain and will never go away because it's so, it's so loud compared to other games. Like how they would mix just little subtle effects like that. It's like no, you are meant to hear this. This is the sound of you know your character traversing this world. Uh, the sound of like your sword being sheathed and like you pulling your shield out, like the sound of the like wooden shield when you're a child in mm -hmm. Ocarina of Time versus the metal shield is like very different um, and like intentionally done. And it's just like very sound rich. Everything has a sound effect and like you don't really notice it until you're listening for it, but it's just like, I think that adds a lot of depth. And I think that that carried through pretty prominently in breath of the wild. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe even like, more so it kind of feel it feels more like linked to this whole organic nature of sound versus having it be orchestral but like it is it is very prominent um and even like the menu music always in zelda like it's not just like you 
there's a little sound or something when you hit start. It's just like there's a there's a three or four note little melody that occurs when you hit the start button, like in games mm-hmm. that are not that or that is not the norm for most games. Yeah, they I think what you're kind of getting to with this, like the, the sound design and just how prominent is, especially in like Ocarina, where they could do more of it now, like where they had the technical capabilities to really bring that out. I think that did contribute a really big part into sort of just the fantasy element and just the adventure of it. Like, I don't know if you could hear yourself like unsheathing your sword every time. It was like, it was like, all oh, right, I've got a sword. I'm like, this is cool. Like I'm actually doing, you know, you're living kind of through this, you know, fantasy adventure that, you know, you might not have been able to until this point, like it was kind of revolutionary. And I think that is a big reason, you know, why these games have continued just to feel and kind of be so nostalgic for people. So prominent for people is that, I mean, they're, they're great games, but also just every, like sound effect yeah it's very prominent it's very noticeable and they're able to kind of reuse a lot of those things throughout the games which kind of you know reinforces that nostalgia for you like the you mentioned the like menu sound like there'll be a sound whenever you like maybe load a file or something right that's always like i mean not always the exact same but at least it's similar throughout the games and like you know you'll get you'll hear there you'll hear i think practically the same melody in every Zelda when you open up a chest and get a new yeah, item or yeah. when you solve a puzzle you'll get the and yeah. like it's it's like every time that happens in you know Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom now as I'm playing it I'm like oh right I remember when I did this when I was 10 playing yeah, Ocarina and right, opening right. the forest dun- or forest and getting my boomerang right and I'm like oh now I'm getting this sword or whatever but still it's very nostalgic and very fun yeah yeah exactly um, and I, I, I think there's like I think maybe this is a good a good place to transition into tears because I feel like Skyward Sword also did that like in spades did it super well. Um, another one from that same Scruffy video I watched. I watched a bunch of videos. This one was the best. He found a bunch of stuff that's super cool. But like when your character's um, stealth is higher, either from potions or from armor, like the way uh, in which the like you know gear on your back kind of rustles as you move changes based on how quick your character is running and if you're on a horse and all that jazz or even if you have two things equipped if you only have one thing equipped the rustling sound is different than if you have two and they're like clacking together but then if you have stealth stuff equipped it's not just that that sound becomes quieter but it's actually like a different audio set like there's different sounds that play if you have a like a high stealth stat i'm air quoting because like mm-hmm. you know it's it's meant to indicate that like link is moving the way in which he's going through the world is different and like he's you know not jostling the stuff on his back as much intentionally and it's just like that's i don't know there's like, like a crazy a crazy attention to detail there most most studios i feel like and just like turn that slider down a little bit that's fine it's like no there's different sound different quiet armor rustling sounds when you are in stealth mode versus when you're not um yeah so has 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 that has that carried through to to tears pretty well have you been able to are you dug deep enough at this point i know you've only had like a few days but have you felt that that same kind of thread is being woven here so yeah let me um kind of just i guess give you my tears of the kingdom impressions and then i'll kind of talk about the sound and music as it compares to breath of the wild perfect so um and I guess, yeah, uh, I, I'll avoid any like specific spoilers for for now of things that are happening. I'll just talk about the game broadly, in case anyone else is you know just jumping into it or is about to play it. 
But Tears of the Kingdom is a sequel in a way that I've never experienced in Zelda before. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest analog I can give to it is Ocarina to Majora. Gotcha. Is Breath of the Wild to Tears in yeah. that like you can tell it's very much it's using the same engine. It's using a lot of the same assets, a lot of the same sound effects. Um, in this case, even a lot of the same music, all the same tracks, a lot of the same things are carrying over here to the point that when I was first getting into it, I was admittedly kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, this very much feels like maybe like Breath of the Wild, like 1.5. Like mm-hmm. maybe it could have just been like a giant DLC, at least initially. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once I kind of got back into the map and even the map was, while it's changed, it is still the Hyrule that you had been into before. The towns are in the same locations. Um, you know, the music in some of those places will play. It's the same. The, the the piano effect we were just talking about as you're riding your horse and the violin comes in is still the same. It doesn't hit quite as hard maybe after, you know, <laughs> that, like that. That was such like an awesome moment, right? In the yeah. first one, I was like, oh my God, they're playing the violin. And now it's like, all right, they're, they're still doing the thing I did six years ago. Cool. Um, but uh, as I have played it more and as I have gotten more into like the new abilities they've given you and the kind of things they've added to the world and what they have changed and just the sheer amount of content they have in there, I have come to accept that this is just the more fully realized version of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And I think it is like a market improvement and I kind of can't stop playing it. And like, while a new map would have been cool, I'm realizing now that, like, I'm very excited now to go back to some of these same places and see what has changed about them and kind of see what they've been able to do now with six years to kind of realize that vision. Right. And that does still extend to, like, the music and the sound. I will say the sound effects and sound, like, design is, as far as I can tell, practically one-to-one. I'm sure there might be some, like, technical improvements that they have done, but, like, armor sounds kind of like sword sounds like the sound of your weapon like breaking like the menu the ui Mm. the kind of stings that play when you like solve a puzzle or open a chest all sound as far as i can tell exactly the same maybe they've like re-recorded them but like i wouldn't know yeah (laughs) just based on what i have done but the music they do some some cool things uh different parts um like I'm going to maybe get a little into a, a, a mild spoiler territory here, but you you go to a... Um, you, you were revisiting all the same locations as you do in Breath of the Wild. And one of those locations um, that you get to, um, once you get there, it's playing the same theme that is from the first game, but they have adjusted it to account for basically what is going on in this location at the time. So it's a lot more somber, I guess I'll just Mm, say, to avoid giving too much detail. Um, And one cool thing they do is as you are kind of solving the, the problem in this area and as you are progressing through it, you eventually are building up to this boss battle and you're in this big temple and, you know, the music has become a lot more prominent here um, a lot more noticeable and this boss is multiple stages and as you get to the kind of final stage like it swells in and the theme of like the village and the town like comes in and is like playing as you are like fighting him and it's very like or, you know it's very epic now because you're in the middle of a boss fight yeah and once you finish it you go back down to the town and like hooray you've saved like the, you've, you've finished the side quest and now the village is like back to the music from breath of the wild again and all is well again and ah, that's, that's there's a something nice cool yeah it, yeah it's, it, it actually makes it 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 kind of reversed, I guess, my stance of like, oh, they're reusing music. I'm like, well, 
it's actually kind of cool to hear this theme again now that I have like saved the day and now it's like back to how I remembered it and I've like saved it and it you know I don't know it worked for me so I guess I had mixed feelings when I first came into it um and how much it reused and everything but coming back to it now I was like wow this actually I think it, it does work in its favor overall and there are some very cool new themes um that just play in general and cool moments and and everything that that happen as you're playing through it so i am i'm pretty hot on it overall nice like sound and, and music wise yeah yeah i mean i think it is that is a is a is a powerful tool to utilize like um kind of on the on the on the sound design and music team there that like oh we can we can call back uh like memory uh to memory and you know that that feeling of nostalgia so it's it's cool to hear that they seem to be being intentional with it and not just using it as a you know a crutch to not have to rewrite as much music and stuff. Um, but I think it does kind of lead lead to this higher level discussion that's pretty easier to have. Of like, I feel like the old um, the the songs we mentioned before, like the the Hyrule theme, the the Fairy Fountain song, Song of Storms, Zelda's Lullaby, like. They're iconic and they're powerful because we've heard them a million times and we know exactly how they go. I mean, there's there's a whole, like, you can zoom out even further and be like, music is good because it fulfills expectation and, you know, it, like, is all tied to memory and all that jazz. But, like, just within the context of, of Zelda games, do you think that we're losing some of that here with these kind of new, more impressionist, impressionist style approach to sound? I just, like... Thinking back, like I couldn't tell you what any of the village themes were off the top of my head from the first game. Not you know if I didn't go watch a video to to recollect them. Do you think that that mm-hmm. you know there is there is a compromise there that we've kind of made? I'll say that the sound design and the way they approach music, I, I do like it in Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, and I think it fits the game. I agree with you i I, th- I do think something is lost though uh compared to what came before and that like you said it makes it as a result of this the music is less prominent it's less in your face it's let it, it creates less of an identity for the places you are in typically um and as a result of that it has a very like different feel and this has kind of been this i guess leads into a broader conversation just about Zelda before Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. and Zelda after it and what it's going to be because that kind of same thinking also applies to just the way the world is structured and the way the puzzles are done like I know there are people who do prefer having a more linear approach where you're kind of assembling a gear like you're, you're getting more items and the puzzles are getting more complicated and they're kind of like you know you're, you're solving different things as you go whereas in you know these newer games it's much more open right and it's like well are, are we have we totally lost what came before? And I do think, I mean, there are different, there are different kinds of games for sure. Right. And I hope that, I do hope that like, maybe it won't be Zelda. I think that this is maybe the way Zelda's going to be for a while now. Um, but I do hope that, you know, if someone's going to go in and make a Zelda clone, that maybe they can, <laughs> they can take some of the principles maybe from the earlier games and do something similar. Because yeah, I do think something is, is lost in that process. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe again it's just like kind of a, a new direction for the series, in in more ways than one too. Because without without I don't know recurrent themes being so prominent and drilled in, it, it I, yeah, I, th- I think it it, it kind of makes it 
it, music is brought to the background as a way to like supplement the experience and really like draw you into the world maybe in a different way instead of like putting a strong melody in your face over and over again like you know you're in the field it's time to go explore versus just like letting you kind of letting your your mind wander and guide you and the music is happening in the background but you're by design it's not supposed to be in your face which i think is also interesting because like prior to this i felt music like instruments and music itself were also very key to what was happening in the game right like in mm -hmm. all of these games we've been mentioning like playing an instrument is pivotal there's like names of instruments in half of the titles we've been reading like that is part of zelda and there really isn't that now right like am i, am I totally blanking on this am i misremembering um there's not oh gosh I I don't recall playing. I, mean, I haven't certainly played an Instruments in Tears of the Kingdom yet. I don't think there's any like equipable item or anything that you use in Breath of the Wild lets you play an instrument. Certainly nothing like, you know, Ocarina where you literally can play mute like you just take it out and can have like a you know, basically a MIDI like MIDI input with your controller right. where you are creating songs. Yeah. Or like Wind Waker, right? Like yeah, the the focus on music as like a, a device that you are using, which has been important to Zelda before and kind of, I think, fit with how prominent music was just in those games, just how often it was playing and just how iconic it was. Like you were also playing it and making it and kind of like interacting with it in that way. And that has definitely been diminished in, in the latest. Oh, yeah, it's like a super a super core mechanic, like in, in Wind Waker and Ocarina. I mean, like in Ocarina, it was, you know, like, oh, I know this song, I can go unlock the puzzle. But like Wind Waker, I think maybe even more so is like to go directions, you would have to play a song to change the direction of the wind so you could sail mm -hmm. your boat to get to other islands. Like, what a cool, what a cool mechanic, but also just like, what a good way to weave sound and like that, you know, kind of repetitive nature of getting these things stuck in your head and evoking emotions through that repetition. Like, what a powerful way to do that. Um, so I do, I do think it is kind of a shame that that isn't isn't there anymore. But again, like maybe now if if whatever the next Zelda game comes in, like it'll be all the more all the more prominent again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that there is still something there for the people that are into sound design and and all that. It just maybe isn't quite as on the nose and um, I don't know, uh, kind of rich as I mean, rich isn't the good word on the nose and maybe as just like potent as it was mm -hmm. historically. Yeah, I it would be it would be cool for them to if if they do continue the model of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom if they make another one in that vein and they maybe like one of your powers is like something like audio or like music related again and again use that as another element of the puzzle solving that could be a cool thing i i don't know exactly how they'd weave it in but like they've done it before and it's been it's been interesting so i um yeah that, that would be a cool i would like them to bring that back in particular like the focus on playing some kind of instrument that's always been like a very cool thing to me personally in these games like i remember when i first took out the ocarina and ocarina of time I'm like oh cool i can like play this and i'm learning songs and i do cool like they do it's basically magic and i can like you know <laughs> teleport and like i don't yeah. know it was, it was cool just to get a whole thing play a melody and suddenly like whisked away um i don't know i would love yeah i want them to 
I, I'd love them to bring back yeah. something like that too. Oh, It'd for sure. Cool. Yeah, you play a song and your horse comes to you, and like this is how you get your mm-hmm. you know beloved companion. Like it's all just very you know. Okay, you can whistle. You can whistle in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, so there is that. Okay. You do have a means of making sound with well, a single a one tone whistle. If you like push up on the joystick or something, does your whistle pitch change? No, uh, you just sorry. press down on the D pad and you may, you whistle uh, and your horse bummer. comes to you. Maybe there was a missed opportunity, like with the Wii. They should they should have done like a theremin emulator or something crazy. Some... I will say that they do. Um, even if you're not maybe the one playing it, there are there is um there are characters who are like playing instruments in Breath of the Wild, and it's actually a bit more involved now in Tears of the Kingdom. There's like a whole musical troupe. Oh, um, cool. But like one of the quest lines in Tears of the Kingdom is you kind of trying to like assemble these people and they're like playing music together. So I do think they, they do lean into it a little bit here and there still. And kind of, I think they, they realize that like the, like people playing music and kind of adding on layers, especially the music that's already playing like in the background, like just as part of the OST yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of having someone playing a song and kind of adding to it is maybe kind of a core thing here. Um, so they, they do lean into it a little bit, but I would love to see. I'd love to see more. It's one of my favorite things about Zelda in the past. Even Skyward Sword, it was kind of hackneyed, but you had a little harp thing you played, and it, it was like the first one. It was kind of fun. But uh, yeah, yeah, nice, yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad the, the new game is good. You know, despite all this, and we're like painting it in probably an overly negative light here. Like everyone seems to be it's loving great. it. Yeah, you, it's you a great game. Highly yeah. recommend. If you like Breath of the Wild, you'll like Tears of the Kingdom. Nice. I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Any any other anything else to mention? Any closing thoughts? Um, the music is sparse generally, but when it does hit, it does hit pretty hard. Like some of like the title, the title theme, the title drop, the, like some of the boss sounds like they do when they, when they choose to bring it out, they'd still do a very good job. They still got it. Nintendo is good at making good Zelda music. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, again, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it. Should we give our minor updates? Yeah. You go ahead. My minor update this week is, um, it's a song from a video game that came out a while ago. Um, are you familiar with the video game Sable? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I'll let you talk about it, but I am. Okay. I know where you're going. Yes. Um, Sable was a open world game that came out a few years ago. Um, it's very like it's got a very kind of striking art style. It's very just kind of exploration focused. But one of the notable things about it is that it has a score by Japanese Breakfast, um, who is a recording artist. Um, Michelle Zahner is the leading woman behind Japanese Breakfast. She recently had a memoir um, that she's like on tour for. Well, the memoir has been out for a while, but she released like a new edition of it, and she's been on tour for it and kind of. It's. I've been listening to her music again as a result of this, and um, I I got to some of the tracks she had done for the Sable soundtrack, and one song she did in particular for it was called Glider. Uh, it's like a it's like a vocal track. It's it's not like a kind of like ambient like music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it's like a song you could put on like an album if you really wanted to, but it fits very well in the game. It actually does play in the game at a kind of really cool moment. Nice. But um, it it got me thinking about just like have many other like prominent like musicians who don't do like scores or music like like scored video games like in the past. And I don't think very many of them have in that way. And I thought it was just kind of novel that she did. And 
I don't know. This song in particular is just, a, it's a great song by itself, but it also fits the themes of the game very well. And you have a glider in Sable that you are traversing the world with. And so she wrote a song called Glider and it's pretty rad. Nice. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to answer to your question. I can't think of any other instances. I'm sure if anyone's listening, they'll be like, oh, you're forgetting all of these. But yeah, send them in. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> My minor update is, uh, the Spider of Lanka. The Spider of Lanka is the expansion to the case of the Golden Idol. What a great game. Ah, uh, yeah. The soundtrack on the original is great. I don't know if this one is quite as good, but it's still so good. <laughs> the uh you know, it's very it's very repetitive. You hear the same song a million times, but it's so good. It's like full of mystery and intrigue and uh, I feel like the, the first game does a very good job of, uh, you, as you play through each level, I guess maybe I could contextualize a little bit. Case of the Golden Idol is like a, um, how I've been describing it is it's like Fisher-Price games way grown up. I, I, I'm hesitant to call it like a point-and-click adventure game, but it's like a puzzle game where you're trying to fit words into specific slots to make like a paragraph of text make sense and be accurate to or to accurately describe a scene you are looking at. It's like a still image of a scene and you're kind of trying to solve the mystery of what happened. So you like click through the scene, find all the keywords, use them to fill in this paragraph um, or like a mapping of kind of what actually happened here. What am I looking at? Um, Anyway, so there's the the music has all these layers, and there's kind of like sinister undertones in many of the tracks. Um, there's one in the first game where there's all this like bizarre kind of subtonal sliding happening, and it's like the song speeds up and slows down through as it loops, and it's uh, it's really good. Um, Spider of Lanka is more of the same. Um, this one is a little bit more. The levels are all in kind of like a a stand-in for India. It's like not India, but you're in India, and uh, yeah, they're kind of they're 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 inspired by that, and I think you know do it do it justice well. Um, but yeah, great little game. Expansion's really good so far. Check it awesome, out. Check it I'm out. excited to check it out. Yeah. Would you would you say the music is also still mildly kind of disconcerting? Oh like yeah, it was it's, in the it's first slightly game? it's slightly uh, yeah yeah slightly stressful. It kind of puts you on edge a little bit, but it fits again. You're looking at these like murder scenes. There's always like dead people, <laughs> so it's like it's kind of. Yeah, it'd be a little weird if it was very pleasant. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, happy flute playing in the background as you're solving a grisly murder. Yeah, but it's not too much. Like I think right. it, it it walks that line very well of kind of you know being like it's it's it almost it feels a little bit satirical. Like the whole game is like it's a little bit over the top and kind of making fun of what's going on. Um, I think mocking itself a little bit maybe but um or maybe that's too strong but it, it, there's a sense of humor there as well and i think that that's also that's also reflected in the in the score oh awesome yeah cool well yeah thanks for listening um we'll be back in a couple weeks with diablo potentially that'll probably be our next one diablo 4 diablo 4 is coming here. out yeah I'm, I'm i'm quite excited for it um so I'll, I'll be i'll be diving in deep there but uh thanks for tuning in all right until next time yeah. Bye.